Welcome to Curmudgeon's Corner for Saturday, September 10th, 2022. It is just after 3 UTC. I'm Sam Minter and Yvonne Bo is here. Hello, Yvonne. Hello. How you doing, Yvonne? Um, I'm tired. <laughs> you know, yeah, I want w- uh, agenda first before I get talking about anything else. Agenda first. Um, I, we are going to do our usual, but first segment where Yvonne and I talk about whatever. Then we have, um, a couple of prominent deaths, obviously, uh, Queen Elizabeth II died, uh, but also Bernie Shaw died, uh, former anchor at CNN. So we're going to talk about those. Uh, and I guess the Bernie Shaw thing could transition a little bit into what's going on at CNN these days. Mm -hmm. Um, then we will do a segment on. I'm banging my table. Can you hear that? I shouldn't bang my banging. table. Bang, I shouldn't, bang, I shouldn't bang. do that. That's bad. Um, I, then we're going to do legal stuff. Uh, there's been developments with Trump and with Bannon, and we'll talk about both of them and what's going on uh, as as things sit at uh, Friday night U.S. time as we're recording this. Um, and then finally, we're going to talk about Ukraine a little bit. It's been a long time since we talked about Ukraine. Uh, but just in the last few days, it seems like uh, the tide may be turning a little bit and the stalemate broken and or maybe not. We'll talk about it. Um, and so that's the agenda. Uh, so uh, the only thing I was going to say before calling for your butt first, Yvonne, is you, you mentioned you were tired. I had one day this week that, you know, my Wednesday. Wednesday was the first day of school here in Western Washington. Um, in order to, it, school starts just after 8 a.m. at my son's grade, no. uh, which means we have to start getting him up at 7 a.m. But, and and so I already was like, I have to adjust to this whole, like getting up way earlier than I've been getting up before. Uh, already been school. doing that. Already been doing I that. I know you've been doing that. But I, I no, no, no. I, what I'm saying is that I understand your pain yes, because yes. I've been doing it now for about a month and I'm still like, arr, arr. but <laughs> oh yeah. Like I, I, mean, I wake up every morning and I'm just, I've, I've been happy all summer long because yeah, you know, I, I basically, you know, I, I have to get up whenever my first meeting for work is. And I used to, like, before my last change, internal change of job, yeah, I had a lot of meetings with India that were at, like, 8 a.m. anyway, or sometimes 7 a.m., so it wasn't as much of a difference. In my current job, like, if I have a 9 a.m. meeting, it's an early meeting, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Okay, I, not entirely. I've got, a, like, an 8 a.m. meeting scheduled next week, but they're rare. They're rare. And most of the time, like I can be a little bit more leisurely, nine or ten a.m. starting right. with stuff, right? Yeah. And and because it's work from home, you know, I don't have to get up that much before my first meeting. Um, but this Wednesday was more than that, because I also had agreed to take my mom to the airport. Oof. Now, and she had like uh, I don't know, like it was a nine a.m. flight or something or wh- whatever. It w- it wasn't that unreasonable. Uh, but I wanted to get her to the airport and then get back in time to get my son to school. Oh, geez. Okay. So, so, so I had to pick my mom up at her apartment at 5 a.m. to get her to the airport at 6 a.m. So I could be oh. home by seven. Oh God, Jesus. 
Exactly. And in order to pick Ugh. my mom up at 5 a.m., I was I mean, getting my get up at 3.30, 4. Well, no, not, my mom lives 15 minutes from me, so it wasn't that bad. I got up at... Uh, my first alarm was set at 4, but not because I actually had to be up at 4, but because I didn't trust that I would wake up right away. So I had a 4 o'clock alarm, a 4.15... 415, 430, 445. So you didn't shower, is what you're telling me. Uh, no, I did not shower. I did I not shower to go pick up Christ. my mom. No. No. <laughs> the fuck, man. Oh, <laughs> no, but I, I I think I did shower the night before, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, anyway. The, the point was, and I actually I actually tried to be good and uh go to bed early, like at uh you know, I went to bed at like 10.30 or something like that, 10.30 or 11, which is early for me. Uh, but it's still like, you know, when the alarm starts going off at four in the morning, you know, that was not that much. And then, you know, I had to like be, I was nonstop basically from 4 a.m. until there, I think there were even things going on after school or whatever that I had to, yeah, like I had a full work day. I had... I had get my mom to the airport, get the kid to school, do a full work day. And then I think I had a couple other things, but then like something like seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night. I think it was, I think it was before eight. I think it was like seven o'clock. I, I just like, I was out. Yeah. I, I, I fell asleep on the couch and then later Alex was being active and stuff. And I was just like, I can't handle this. I went upstairs. I went to bed and I slept straight through till morning. Yeah. You know, it was just like, I'm done. Well, so, yeah, I, yeah, no, I, 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 I could listen. I, I am waking up every day, you know, to do this. And I'm just, I, I mean, I just to do the I, morning I, school I, thing. Yeah. And, and I just get up and all you hear me doing is just groaning. I'm just like, fuck. I mean, it's, it's, that's what I'm doing in the morning. I mean, it, it, it's all you hear, you know, coming, coming from me. I, I, I just, I, I, I really just, you know, and Manu's not getting up, obviously. I, I mean, and the thing is that, oh, take him to Disney and he'll be up at 7, 7.30, you know, jumping up and down. Go to school? Manu, get up. Manu, you need to get up. I mean, it's not happening voluntarily. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, and, you know, I I will say we've only had three days of school here so far. It has been better than I feared in terms no. of getting the getting Alex to school. Uh, but it, it, you know, but I don't know if that'll last like last year, it was such a fight all the time. And I'm not saying it has been painless these first three days, but it has been better than I feared. I, I, Manu doesn't fight about it. He, he doesn't fight about it. But, 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 you know, it, it's really more, I gotta get him up. Once he gets up, brush the teeth, we'll go to the car, we'll play some music. Pretty fine. He gets out of the car, goes, goes in. It's done, but 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 it's you know it's he's not he's not fight he he doesn't fight it, but but he's not you know he's not raring to go either, you know. Yeah, well, I yeah. mean he tells you know this morning for example he was like he knows it's you know 
knows the calendar pretty well, uh-huh. actually, right now. He knows Friday. He woke up, oh, happy Friday. So he told me, <laughs> because he knows, like, oh, God, you know, that's it. We're done for this damn week. Finally. Yeah. No, I, you know, Wednesday, like, Alex was doing the whole, like, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. Let me take my temperature over and over and over again in the hopes of convincing you that I'm sick. Like, and, and, you know, you know, I've been tired. I can't possibly go to school, blah, blah, blah. And we had to like, you know, essentially drag him, drag him in on, on Wednesday. Thursday was a little better. Friday, he was actually in a good mood and seemed like he was happy to go to school. Oh, because it's Friday. <laughs> so I I'm know. like, okay, whatever. I, I mean, hopefully a little stay like, that God, way. God, we're done. I, I don't know. Over. We'll, we'll see how Monday fares. But yeah, so anyway, yeah, school school sucks. We th- This has become a recurring theme that we talk about like this time of year. <laughs> you know, how, how bad like, you know, early school is like school should not be early and i know why they do it it works with a lot of people's work schedules but oh my god listen I, i'll be fine if it starts uh, you know if we drop them off at nine mm-hmm. i would be like ah well and the way they usually set it up here is the the older they are like you know it was nine o'clock for elementary school here for middle school it's eight o'clock for high school it's seven a.m Oh, get out of here. You know, look, it's ridiculous. 7 a.m. Yeah. I mean, I, I listen, I know I fell asleep at school when I was, when I was in high school. Okay. And that was with class starting at 805. Mm-hmm. I mean, 8:15 or something like that. I mean, I cannot imagine if school started at seven and started at seven. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I'd be a zombie. Yeah. I, I, I just, no, <laughs> I, I am not looking forward you to know, that. My wife is much better of a morning person than I am, okay? Mm-hmm. And so she has been, like, lately going to work out at 6.45 in the morning, all right? That's the time that she has chosen to do that, okay? And mm-hmm. look, I have done that occasionally, but I, I look, I, 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 I can't do it. I, I can't, I, I mean, it's just... I don't want to do it at that time. I hate doing it at that time. I'm just like, no, 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 I can't. Yeah. The only time that I could consistently do it in the morning was when I went to Hong Kong because I was so jet lagged that at that time of the day, it was perfect. Oh, six in the morning. I'm here at the, you know, whatever. It's like, oh, it feels perfect. No problem. Six o'clock in the afternoon over here. So what the hell? I'm like, ah, great. You know, but after a few <sighs> days that the wet jet lag started wearing off, I'm like, already, okay, whatever, you know, but yeah, in Hong Kong, I would be at the gym at six in the morning. But, yeah, you know, no. <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah, but I can't, I can't count on that. Here. So anyway. I, I, you know, the only time I've been good in mornings is if I've been up all night. Like if I'm, if my schedule has been completely reversed like I remember really enjoying on a number of occasions back either in college or summers where I didn't have other stuff to do before I was a you know working professional, blah, 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 crappy, whatever. Working professional. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where, so where I would, I would be up all night working on some project. The sun would come up and I would like, go get some breakfast. 
before going to sleep and then sleep all day. And I was actually kind of happy with that. Well, I mean, but that's not that you were, you you weren't waking up to do that. No, 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 no. no. The, see, what I'm saying is the only way I felt good about mornings was if the morning was at the end of my day. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, that's a very different way of, uh, of, of, of handling the challenge, Sam. Yeah. I must now, say. So I, I just checked my local high school schedule to see it's, it's the first bell is actually at seven twenty four, not oh. 7 a.m. So I was exaggerating a little bit still. Jesus. Seven twenty four. Yeah. Ah, anyway. Well, so that, I guess that was my, butt first what's yours, Yvonne? So, um, I got a flat last week. That was another reason why my... Oh, yeah, my, my... I think I saw you post this on Facebook. Tell tell our well, wonderful listeners. Well, that, well, that's one of the other reasons that messed up. So, last week, I wasn't here because... Thank, thank you, Siri. Um, my schedule got completely wrecked on Thursday, okay? Because I went to do... I went to go grab lunch and drop off a re- an item to return okay okay for a uh, a uh, uh, a merchant based in Seattle okay that has <laughs> owns some uh-huh. grocery store okay all right yes yes and they said you you could drop it off at their grocery store and i'm like my wife had this thing on the on the counter like sitting for a week so she had two items to return so i took one and then mm-hmm. i went well i'm going to go drop off this thing because it's just going to sit here so as I'm driving to do this, okay, I, you know, normally I, to drive there, I have taken surface streets, okay? Because you can get there on the surface streets to here and it's it's decently quick, okay? It takes about 15 minutes to drive to this, to this place, okay? But I, you know, sometimes I, I thought, you know, if I just take this little section of I-95, to get there, okay? I can save some time. All so right? like hop okay? on the highway, hop right back off again. Yeah, because it's like one exit, just one right, exit right. north to south. It's just a very short stretch. I And, you know, I try to avoid I-95. Because I-95, especially here, I mean, not it's not just a Florida thing, but I-95 is really... a mess all the way from Maine to Florida. Yes, much. there's accidents and crashes and shit happening all the damn time. Some on parts it. are better than others, but yeah, it, it's, it is a major highway that through most of its length goes through highly populated areas. And so you got stuff shit, a lot of shit happens. Okay. On okay. I-95 yeah. consistently. And, um, you know, I, and so, uh, I, I go and I'm, I'm get I'm on the on-ramp. And still not on 95 and a pickup truck goes over something and I see it and I'm like, the, I don't, I, I can't swerve and avoid it. Okay. So okay. my front left tire hits. It. Boom. What was it? What was the thing? I'm not thinking? sure. Honestly. Some random thing that fell off. Some random thing that fell off a vehicle. Okay. Immediately I hit it and my dashboard lights up immediately you have low pressure in a tire. I mean, it, it was like at the blink. 
Mm -hmm. And I get a display on my car and some cars, you just get the little light on mine. There was a, there was a drawing of the vehicle. It showed which tire was low, uh, which was the tire that hit the thing. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh shit. And I'm like, look, I am not pulling over a 995. I am not going to go on the, on the fricking, you know, shoulder 995. It's under construction. Listen, it, it, it's just, it's just suicide alley. It's just nothing good could come from me, uh, you know, pulling to the side of the road. Plus I was hungry. Okay. <laughs> and I'm right. like, I'm not pulling over to the side of the road at one o'clock in the day under this fucking boiling, boiling hot sun to just stand here on the side of I-95 to try to figure out what the hell to do. Okay. And so I said, fuck it. I'm going to drive on what's left of this tire, get off, and pull okay. into a parking lot at, that is right beside a restaurant. And I'm going to go eat, and I'm going to figure out what the hell I'm going to do to solve this problem. Because one thing about this is that my car, as a lot of new cars right now are, don't have spare tires. Right. Not okay? even a donut? No. Just no nothing. spare tire. Uh, there. It, okay. I know that there is a air pump and something in there and I had not read the instructions on it and I was going to go sit down and figure out what the fuck, how to figure this out. So, so I go, I, I get off and I pulled into a, I, I was like, I pulled into a parking lot and I was able to on the, you know, I didn't damage the rim or anything. I was able to on the sidewall of the tire, you know, get there. The tire was very flat. And I was able to put into a nice shaded area in this safe parking lot. Okay. And I'm like, okay, this is good. I walked to the restaurant. I sat down at a bar. I ordered some food and I pulled up my phone and I started reading the instructions, which the instruction manuals on, on online on, on, on an app. Okay. Right. To figure out how the hell, you know, what do you do with a flat? And so it explains that the air pump in the, in the trunk isn't just an air pump. There is a bottle there that I had seen. That has some tire sealant. Okay. Okay. And yeah. so, and, 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 and so what you do is that you're supposed to, the pump is designed to pump the tire sealant into the tire. Okay. And it will seal the tire and it's supposed to let you inflate it to do as a temporary repair until you can get and basically replace the tire. Because one of the problems with this tire sealant system is that you have to throw away the tire. Mm. Okay. I don't think that you can fix it and, and use it anymore. Regardless, my tire it, it's a driven temporary on it. fix. You're going to need a temporary a, fix. Yeah. I'm going to need, need a new tire. I had actually had been planning on getting new tires for the car in a few weeks. Okay. Um, but uh, they weren't that they, they, they weren't. They, they weren't at an unsafe, like tread length. I was, I was going to do it more because they were running kind of low. And I have a lease that expires next year. And in order to turn it in, I do have to turn it in with a certain tread depth on the tires. And what I was thinking is, I know for sure next year they're going to be very low. And I was like, wait, I'm not going to just go spend the money to put new tires to to return this car. And then they just get to keep the new tires. So I was going to go and change the tires somewhat earlier in order to be able to at least get some use out of the new tires. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm just like, because it just seems ridiculous. I'm just going to put new tires to just give it to somebody else. Okay. So, okay. So 
well, whatever. I get to the restaurant, I look at the thing, and I see how to work the system. And, you know, it says, look, you screw the bottle in, you put it in, and there's a readout on it. And, um, um, and, you know, it, it will tell you if it fill if it's, if it indicates to this number, it means that enough air got into, it got in the tire. So it's sealed. You should be good to go. Okay. And then I was, I was looking for tires to see where the hell I could get tires. I was wondering what I should do. Should I fix it? Take it home? Should I order tires? And I'm like, well, I said, look, let me see if the tire will fix. Okay. And if it fixes, then I will, we were supposed to go to Disney the next day. So I, and we were going to take this car. So I'm like, well, right. I'm not going to be able to take this car because I don't want it to go in that car. But I was like, look, I'm not going to be able to take this car, but at least I can fix the tire, park it, order the tires. When they come in, I actually have this, this guy that's a mobile tire, tire installer. So he'll come here and install the tires. I don't even have to take the car. Okay. Right. Let's right. come right here. They got the equipment and everything in a truck. Boom, boom, boom. Switch the tires. You're done. Okay. And I just had them here a couple of weeks ago because my wife's car my, needed new tires. Okay. And so their hers were down. And you know, so so I got that. So I'm gonna do that. Um, so okay. So I go back to the car to try to uh use this damn system. Okay. And I plug it in. And it says not running it past 10 minutes because the unit could over overheat and catch fire, which is oh, always nice. Sad. Nice. Yeah. Uh, always nice. good. Always good. Yeah. So I put the damn thing on it and I ran it for the requisite 10 minutes and it did read green, but I'm looking at this tire. This tire is not inflating. It's, <laughs> it's not. I mean, there is, I mean, whatever the puncture was like, was it, it was bad. too damaged for this to work. Oh yeah. No, it was. It, yeah. It, nothing was happening. Nothing. And, um, I turn it off and it's supposed to read up until the number. I mean, it read zero, nothing. It had not done a damn thing. And I'm like, crap, now what? Well, okay, so my car has this little SOS button. And I'm just like, look, the problem was that I was look. one of the things with uh, the pandemic and everything. I was looking at some of the places that sold tires. They didn't have the damn tires. Okay. And I'm like, fuck. I mean. They don't have the tires. This is a problem. So I'm thinking, look, the only place that will have these damn tires, I'm sure, is the dealer, Volvo, because it's a brand mm -hmm. new car. And they've been selling this car with these damn tires. I bet you they have them in stock. Okay. It's the only place that'll probably have them in stock. So, because I, I mean, they have, because my options were terrible. If I couldn't move the car on its own, I mean, say I got it towed and I got it towed to my house, uh, then I would have to get it towed again mm. or I would have to what take, I mean, take off a tire and take it, get it fixed. But it, it was just, it was all bad. Okay. So I press the SOS button. Okay. Uh, thing comes up on the screen saying we're transmitting your location, sending the information. They add all my info, which is good. They contacted me with a tow company. Good. They they got you know they got the people. They sent me a link on my phone. Pretty pretty good. It tracked where the tow tow uh, tow truck driver guy was. The guy got there in less than twenty minutes. Pretty quick. Uh, this time, unlike the last time that I had a tow truck driver, I did not get a ma massive racist xenophobic guy. I got oh, good uh, good cool 
I got a cool black dude from Atlanta. And I was like, actually, I told him, oh, thank God you came in. Why? Because the last guy I got was a freaking like hillbilly racist motherfucker. And I was like dreading that I was going to have to ride in a, in a tow truck for another one. So I was like, oh, thank you. Bet he enjoyed that. Yes, he was laughing his ass off. And he said, yes, I, I have seen some of my co-workers. I'm sorry. What can I tell you? I'm like, oh, God. So anyway, so so again, the truck, you know, he, he takes me over to to the place. To a very nice guy. You know, he moved out here, like, you know, recently with his girlfriend from Atlanta. I'd only been here for a few months. I tipped him 20 bucks. He was a nice guy. You know, did, did everything. Took care of me pretty quick. And I got to the car dealer. And uh, so... Uh, I, I replaced all four tires and so I, I because I was going to replace them anyway. So I was like, look, uh, uh, do you have them? And first goes a computer says, yep. Uh, do you have the time to install them? And he was like, Ooh, it's kind of late in the afternoon. I'm like, no, don't give me that shit. Just, just please, for the love of God, put the damn tires on the car, make some calls. We'll get your tires on the car. Beautiful. Okay. So I just waited there and uh, got the tires and put them on. But look, the thing that it's just, I, you know, I, I find this strategy by the car companies really annoying. Okay. The, the no spares in no general. Spares. Yeah. I mean, it just turns a flat tire into a fucking tow, towing event. Is it all just so that they can say that is more trunk space or something? It, they, they do it for trunk space. Like, look on, 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 it, it, it saves weight. Trunk space. Um, I, I mean, you could always lot, buy listen. It. Here's a problem. Like my car, I, I, what I understood the, you know, like especially with some EVs, plug-in hybrids, and hybrids, you need. I mean, they got to sacrifice on space certain places. Now, my Audi that I had before also did not have a fucking mm-hmm. uh, uh, spare tire. Okay, you, you could just buy one and tie it to the roof, Yvonne. Ah, that would be an option. You know, actually, no, I take that back. The Audi did have a spare tire. This is the first car I had my car before that my, I had a BMW that did not have a spare tire. It didn't, it, you know, there was no, you know, there was no space need or anything. Now, um, now BMW, they've been doing this. They've put on car run flat tires. Mm-hmm. And so now a lot of people are, don't like to run flats. Uh, uh, my experience to run flats the sidewalls are harder, so the ride is harsher in the car, um, and they're more expensive. But I, you know, I had problems where I had punctures with the damn run flats, and guess what? This is not a problem. I just get a thing on the display that says, "Hey, you got a tire? It's out of air." And you just keep going, and that's <laughs> it. Uh-huh. And so I, I just, but but many car companies are doing this where. You know, they don't give you the damn run flats and then they don't give you a spare. They give you this kit, which is a recent solution. And unfortunately, in my case, it it didn't fix anything. And so, you know, it would probably take care of it if you, you know, you just ran over a nail or something. Yes. Yeah. But but what based on what I hit and how it just popped i mean it just it just all the air came out in one shot i knew i was like in i knew i was a really bad shape when i saw how quickly that alarm came on for the air mm-hmm. because if it's a slow leak it takes a little bit before the alarm goes off 
But when it happened just immediately after I ran it over, I'm like, oh, jeez, I'm screwed. So, uh, I, you know, so you had your little adventure. You got your you got your car fixed. I, I basically you lost the whole day of afternoon. Mm-hmm. I I had a I, there was a well. Call. I suppose you're lucky if like this thing was falling off a truck in front of you. You're lucky that's the tires all that happened, right? Well, that's true. I, although it didn't seem like it was something that was. Uh, I think it was like some kind of wooden thing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like it could have fallen nail. off and gone like right through your windshield or something. Well, that has happened at this state. People have been killed by that, so it's not like it's not impossible. But you know, it's one of the reasons I avoid I ninety five. I mean, because, you know, it's just, you know, like, so, I, like one of the things what? that's been going on on, uh, you know, I don't know, it, it's come up a few times on my TikTok. I don't know about yours is people reacting TikTok. to this video of like some guy is it, it one of these like big trucks full of logs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this, there's some guy like tailgating like three feet behind them. <laughs> and, and the, the, the car that's videoing it is well back. And is basically like, what the hell? Like, no, you know, but because if if something happened to that truck in front, you're dead immediately. Yeah, Yeah. no, no, no. I I try to avoid like those kind of vehicles. So so the moral of the story is. Avoid 95 at all costs. (laughs) And, um, you know, if you get run flats, get them. Okay. Well, with that moral of the story out of the way, I think it's time to move on. Yes. Okay. We're going to run a quick break. Um, This is a random wiki of the day. It's actually one I had prepared for last week, but we didn't use it. So I kept it and we'll have it for this time. Um, And I'll leave uh, Yvonne's mic open if he wants to react to it in any way. And when we come back, We'll we'll talk about the Queen first, and then Bernie Shaw and CNN and that kind of stuff. Back after this. Do do do. Hello, this is Brian Neural. I'm here to let you know about Sam the Curmudgeon's other podcasts, the Wiki of the Day podcasts. Wiki of the Day comes in three varieties: popular, random, and featured. Each highlights a new Wikipedia article each day. They just pick the articles differently. This week on Random Wiki of the Day, you would have heard this summary for Rembrandt Research Project. The Rembrandt Research Project, RRP, was an initiative of the Nederlandse Organisatie voor Wetenschappelijke Gondersoek, NWO, which is the Netherlands Organisation for Scientific Research. Its purpose was to organize and categorize research on Rembrandt van Rijn, with the aim of discovering new facts about this Dutch Golden Age painter and his studio. The project started in 1968, and was sponsored by NWO until 1998. Research continued until 2014. It was the authority on Rembrandt and had the final say in whether a painting is genuine. The documentation generated by the project was transferred to the Netherlands Institute for Art History and renamed the Rembrandt Database. That's it. See? Fun, entertaining, and educational, right? Okay, now look for and subscribe to the Wiki of the Day family of podcasts on your podcast playing software of choice, 
or just go to wikioftheday.com to check out our archives. Now back to Kamudjan's corner. Do do do. Okay, there you go. You changed the accent on the guy. Oh, it it, it, it it's different every single time. Oh, I, the, every you know, time. The, but, uh, you know what? Well, all the ones that I've heard is this woman kind of you know robot voice. No, no. So there's there's um there's something like 30 different voices that I cycle through. Uh, I don't cycle. Okay, I pick so randomly I, every time. So I guess and, I've just been, you know. Yeah. And it's actually like, there's, it's, it's half, half are like an older technology that I, you'll notice they'll say their names and it's like somebody standard or somebody neural. The standard is the older technology. The neural is a higher quality. So sometimes it'll have the same voice. So you'll have Steven standard and Steven neural, but they're slightly different. But then there are some that are only available in the neural flavor and some that are only available in the standard flavor. And they've got like, a, you know, like four or five American accents, some male, some female, some British, some Australian. I, there's even a South African one, a bunch of Indian ones as well. So they're all English language, but they're basically scattered through. I think I've got some Irish voices, a Scottish voice that, you know, basically anywhere that has uh uh, speaks English, uh, at least has a chance. And here I go hitting the table again, uh, has a chance of coming up with the voice. Okay. So that's a method. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's, it's fun. And like, I have it set. So this uses, um, uh, AWS's poly service and I have it set. So if they add a new voice, it automatically goes into the mix. So the most recent one they added was the South African voice. And so that can come up occasionally. Okay. Interesting. I I had no idea. I mean, I, I was thinking for a while it was just like, uh, what the hell? It sounded like Mac and talk. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it one of them know, sounded like the Mac and talk voice. When I first started trying to set up wiki of the day, the first thing I tried to do was actually use the built-in Macintosh voices. Um, and I, I had a little bit of a prototype running on my local machine, but I realized I didn't want to, I wanted to run it on the server. So there was not, you know, I, you know, I couldn't do that there. Um, and so I looked at various alternatives and the AWS one was the easiest and quickest to get up and running. And, uh, and they've, they've been adding voices continuously since then. So yeah, it, 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 it you know, and some of them are very old style computer text synthesis voices, uh, some of them are better because uh, they're newer um, and uh, uh, there's a variety. And, you know, so, yeah, I mean, you're you're not going to be fooled and think it's a real person talking, but some of them are closer than others. Interesting. Yeah. Well, no, it, I mean, it does sound it, it, they are unlike some of the old, uh, you yeah, know, the really, uh, really old ones are like, oh, I want to I mean, yeah, you you know it's not a natural person, but it's pretty clear and crisp uh, to to listen to. You know, thank you. I I I thank you, and AWS thanks you. Yes, AWS and Jeff Bezos and Andy Jassy, thank you. All those people. Now, and and by the way, I I do actually have to pay to use this. Like, it was free for like the first huge amount of time I was using it. Cause like there was a free tier I was within, but now it, it, it usually costs me like four bucks a month or something like that for the, the voices I use for wiki of the day. Okay. 
I know that's stunning. It's it, yeah. I'm, I'm stunned. It, it it really breaks the bank. <laughs> no, anyway. Okay. Um, the the queen is dead. Long live the king. I guess. Uh, apparently. Um, you know, a, a, a few things to say about this. Uh, to start with, first of all, I mean, she was ninety six. Not unexpected. We knew this could come at any time. I've been. You know, as part of the prediction show, I've had her as a predicted person who's going to die for like the last several years. But you, uh, well, but, 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 but in, in your, uh, uh, Deadpool bet, you're off by nine years. Well, there, there, there was a Deadpool that Yvonne and I and some of our college friends started like, I don't know, 10 years ago, more. No, it was 20, 20 plus 20 years. Yeah. 20 plus years ago that had a whole bunch of people. And apparently my prediction for Queen Elizabeth was nine years off at that point. Uh, you know, nine years ago, I thought <laughs> you were the closest dead. apparently. Uh, but, uh, but no, it, but more recently, you know, we always have this thing on our annual prediction show of who we think we're going to die in the next year. And she's been on my list for the last few years. Cause of course, like if you've got a major celebrity in their nineties, well, I mean, you know, your your queen prediction was kind of like my Fidel prediction. Yes, yes. Eventually, it had to become true. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, so, um, but on the other hand, you know, she was fulfilling her duties a couple days before her death, and she looked old, but she looked like happy and peppy. Um, and you know, the details of exactly what happened to her unknown, but, uh, they're not revealing it, but, but she was 96, you know, when you're 96 at any moment, you could like not wake up the next morning. Yeah. It's just the way it goes at that age. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, like you said, this wasn't unexpected. Uh, you know, obviously they had been planning for it. Um, one of the things I was reading was that earlier this year, and it was this year, so I guess she felt, I think she was feeling it, that she was really in a decline. Um, she had made this announcement specifically uh, related to uh, Camilla, um, that basically she should be called the Queen, as she is the, the Queen, queen consort. consort. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, and that that title should be conferred on her. And she made it explicitly clear that that was, you know, her intent. And because, you know, Camilla had been controversial given that she was Prince Charles' second wife and yep. his mistress. Yep. Um, then, you know, that was, uh, yeah. I don't think she would have said that like right now unless she felt like the end was really near and she felt like it was something important to say and other things like that that she that she had done um in recent time in terms of the transition so well i mean yeah you know in implications in terms of policy and politics i mean obviously um i mean it's not you know i mean they aren't like the executive of the country no but but I do think that there is a certain level of influence that the king 
has uh, in terms of steering policy, or at least steering, let hmm. not, 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 me not policy, but in terms of influencing it, okay? I don't think that the queen had exerted that, but there was one thing that was interesting that I saw. The, 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 the Prince Charles had been doing a lot of work in terms of going out to countries in terms of some foreign policy positions, especially on climate. Okay. And apparently he's been very passionate about climate uh, change. Yeah. So I'm just curious whether, whether he'll meddle more than his mother did. It, it, it not not metal, but more influence. Understand what I'm saying? Okay, in terms I, I mean, of because you know, one of one of the things I mean, people have been talking today yeah. that look, Queen Elizabeth would have never done was that I saw that on his way to the palace, he got out of his car and started just shaking everyone's hands, which, which to me already indicated that his intent as a king was to be more uh, approachable. Uh, she's done some of that stuff in the past too. Yeah, yeah, she was very aloof. She, she, she was, was known was for great. that, but that's one of the things that she actually loosened up a little bit after Diana, blah, blah, blah. A little uh, bit. But, uh, yeah. She know. was very, she was very big on the official protocols and stuff when she was doing official duties. But you know, th- there are a lot of stories of, her goofing around and her doing things and surprising people and, you know, and being really friendly when people met her in person, et cetera. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, but I, I guess I, I, I think that some people are speculating that he was going to be far more engaged in some way. Um, I, I so, think we'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. I mean, that, that stuff will play out and, you know, he will bring thing. a different, he will do, he will bring a different style to it. And he also indicated in his first little speech or whatever that, you know, he realizes that some of the things he did before he won't be able to do anymore. Right. So, and and uh, another thing, uh, well, this is going to be a interesting event because my understanding from what I was hearing this morning is that basically like almost all important world leaders are going to go to this funeral. Mm. It's going to be a, 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 a leadership gathering for this funeral. So that that's one thing that I, I hadn't thought about or expected, but that it is expected that the official funeral will be attended by practically every important leader of the world. Right. I'm sure except Putin. <laughs> well, who knows? We'll see. He might. I don't I don't think he's invited. <laughs> um he he has met the queen before. One of the stories that was going around uh is at the official thing where she was going to greet Putin or whatever, like one of the dogs like barked at him or whatever, and she whispered to whatever was next to her, you know, the dogs know what's going on. <laughs> Something along those lines. I, I did want to say, like, you know, there's been a lot of talk about her legacy and the whole 70 years. And I mean, how I, I, w- people mention, you know, like she's been the queen for 30 percent of American history. You know, that that's huge. You know, yeah. uh, 15 prime ministers, uh, close to that many presidents. Um 
you know, met all, met all of these people, been all around the world, uh, you know, yeah. witness to all kinds of history. Um, and on the positive spin of it, people have been talking about how so she sort of graciously presided over the reduction from the British Empire to just the UK, essentially, plus a handful of things that are still around in the Commonwealth and stuff. Um, and, and, and how she was sort of this positive grandmotherly influence and everybody just, just, you know, all kinds of people fond of the queen. Right. Um, and, and emphasizing sort of the continuity that was represented by having one person there for 70 years. And also in terms of the policy stuff you were talking about, lots of people, you know, just praising her for, the fact that no one actually knew what she thought about most of these things because she knew her duty as a constitutional monarch was to stay out of politics. Correct. And so she was very careful, like, you know, the the people who knew what she actually thought about anything would be extremely small in number, very close to the family in public. She would not talk about any of these things. She, you know, she would read the speech that the official government gave her to read uh, when mm-hmm. she did the the queen's speech or whatnot, um, and she would, uh, you know, play her role as the constitutional monarch, well knowing that even though there are theoretically some vestigial powers that the monarch could use, that that's not where we are. And that's not where we've been for a very, very long time. And so her job is just to be the happy face of the country, essentially. Um, and and that she did that. At the same time, I see uh, you know a lot of people, uh, especially in former colonies of the UK, saying, you know, we're not going to act all happy about this because, you know, all kinds of horrible things happened during the colonial part. Uh, you know, wh- while UK was still an active colonist, um, while she was queen, and uh, I have mixed feelings about that. On one hand, I'm like, look, whatever was happening, she was not the one determining those policies. Like the the British government in you know the the 50s and early 60s was still doing all kinds of horrible things all over the world and you could argue even past then obviously but certainly in that period there were still all kinds of horrible colonial stuff going on um but it's not like the queen was making those decisions right um but i've heard some people say well yeah but she was still the happy face of that government that was doing the horrible things so you know you know, there are lots of people with mixed feelings and even within the UK, although obviously right now everything is all, you know, pomp and circumstance about the monarchy. There are still lots of people in the UK who think the monarchy is severely outdated and needs to go away too. So no, I, I, I look, I, you know, I, I think that um, it, it's, it's kind of tough to uh, judge somebody that has been, like you said, one third of American history, basically. Yeah. Right? I mean, like that. Look at the history of the art nation, the shit that has been 
done in the name of it. Look, like like everybody, good things, a lot of bad things. I, I, I understand, you know, why the hell the ex-colonies in many cases don't, you know, have nothing positive, and that's perfectly fine. I mean, I don't really see a problem with that. Um, I mean, it's their their prerogative, and, and, you know, rightly so. I mean, they were the ones that were at the receiving end of the did, colonial. Did, did you see the thing from the professor at our alma mater uh, of Carnegie Mellon? No, I did not. So there was a professor, there's a, a history professor at Carnegie Mellon who mm-hmm. I believe was from Nigeria. Okay. Um, and she posted basically something along the lines of uh, uh, she hoped that the queen's last moments were, uh, you know, I forget the exact words, but horribly painful and horrible. And she wished, wished the worst on the queen, essentially. Um, and so there's been a lot of reaction to that. And, you know, she defended herself by saying, you know, look, my family in particular suffered horribly under British rule. You know, and, you know, people in my family were killed and this and that and and don't expect me to be nice to her, basically. Um, While other people are like, you know, well, whatever, you know, just be quiet for a while. And and then other people, you know, basically saying, look. Yeah, she has a right to feel the way she feels. Leave her alone. I think that people have a right the way the the the, the way they feel. I, I just have very I I I personally can't. I find it difficult to feel that way, even for people that have wronged me, and to to want them to suffer and die a painful death. You know, I I I still I I will one event. I was thinking about today because I saw somebody else express these feelings today and I was like wincing about it. I look, I still remember seeing when they they published that video when they executed Saddam Hussein. Mm. Okay. Saddam Hussein was a horrible, horrible, horrible man. Nobody could dispute that. And he and I looked at that and I was like, I felt bad for him. I did. I, I just, that, that's just, you know, I, I mean, I understood why they did it, but I, I, my, the way that I feel about humanity, even to people that have wronged me, doesn't let me want those things for anybody. And, and I just feel that um, when you allow yourself to have that, you really start losing some of your humanity and your feelings towards people. I understand that you're not going out and like grieving for them, but to actively wish that they suffer in pain, I don't even want that for that asshole fucking Donald Trump. I mean, I mean, I, 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 mean, I may say that, you know, it would be better for us if he's dead, but I, I'm not actively wishing for his... Well, along those same lines, and I know we've talked about on this show, I I have horribly mixed feelings about, uh, yeah, when we killed bin Laden uh, or or that latest whoever Al Qaeda person we killed just a few months ago. Agreed. I agree. I I would much rather a solution that did not involve killing them. Yeah. 
no, I, I, I totally agree with you. I just don't think that that is, um, it, it's not a good thing for humanity overall to feel that way towards anybody. That's yeah. what I would say to this person that I understand your, your, why you don't like her and why you're not grieving about it, but to actively wish ill will to them as well. I, I think I, I just, yeah. I, I, no, just... I, 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 I generally agree with you, I think. Um, but I, I, again, I understand why they feel the way they do. And I think well, that's I valid. Why she's aggrieved, but, but, but you know, I just um, don't think that what she expressed was healthy. And, and meanwhile, at the same time, like I, I look at it and I'm like, were there problems with, are there problems with the monarchy in general? Yes. Are there problems with Elizabeth II in particular? Sure. Uh, like specifically, I think a lot of the stuff that happened, you know, around Charles and Diana and how, how they were treated and how he, he even like Meghan Markle these days, like a lot of things went down that were not yeah. like as nice as they could have been. Yeah. And I don't know how much of that was the queen, but it, at least with what was going on with Diana, apparently some of it was and um, less clear on the more recent stuff. But, you know, so she's not perfect. Um, but I feel like you, you look at the totality of the time and what you see is someone who are certainly, they, they got, of course, you get all kinds of benefits from this role, right? I mean, she's rich, she's famous, she got bliss, this, that, whatever. But fundamentally, she did dedicate her entire life to service of her country. Yep. You know, we talk about like presidents and they come and go every few years, like, and there are clearly other things going on. They're, they're like, they're like ambitious and they want to do this and they want to do that. And they're they're And, and in some cases they, you know, after they're out of office, they, you know, use it to make bank for themselves and stuff like that. Um, you know, she spent 70 freaking years doing the stuff going to events, doing the stupid ribbon cuttings, go, you know, uh, all the pomp and circumstance. And, you know, you can enjoy some of that a little bit, but, uh, you know, a lot of it, I mean, she's basically, she doesn't, she can't just go out and have fun. Like, you know, there's security around her 24 hours a day, her whole freaking life. So she, 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 so she's not going to Vegas and downing shots. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that there is a, you know, there are probably some queen impersonators doing that. Yeah. Although she does have her moments, the best story. And this first, I, I heard this uh, when they were doing the Jubilee thing back in June, but I heard it again uh, yesterday and I'm not going to retell it as good as the original guy, but like one of the people who was her security person, I don't know if you, have you heard this one? They're, no, they were, they were up at Balmoral. They were walking around in the grounds outside, like there's a park near there and there. And it was just her and her security guy, like just the two of them walking around. Mm -hmm. And first of all, like you can't imagine like you know, a president doesn't go walking around with just the president and one security guy. But right. like she was walking around in the park, which apparently she did periodically, like, you know, her, her security guy, a dog, whatever, walk, walking around and they come across on the trail. An American couple who are obviously tourists and they don't recognize her. <laughs> so they start up a conversation with them 
you know, and, and, you know, they ask her, oh, you know, do you live around here? And she's like, no, I live in London, but I, 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 but I come up here for a vacation house and, you know, so I'm up here a lot and, and they're like, oh, how long have you been coming up here? Oh, like, you know, all my life for decades and decades. And they're like, oh, if you've been here that long, have you ever met the queen? (laughs) And she's like, you know, no, I haven't, but he has and points at her security guy. <laughs> and so they start talking to the security guy and they're like, oh, how's the queen? And she's like, and the security person is like, well, she can be a little cantankerous sometimes and a little bit of a pain. And he's like, and when he's telling the story, he's like, I've been with her a long time and I know how she's joking around and, um, you know, and, and they're like, oh, that's cool. And so they, the, the American couple, hand the queen their camera and say, can you take a picture of us? And the queen happily takes a picture of them with the security guy. And then the security guy actually like, yeah, says, okay, let's, why don't you take, Let, a, picture why don't you take a picture with her too? Yes. And then they, they take a picture with her and then they go on their merry way. They never reveal that she was the queen. And then after they walk away, the queen like leans over to her security guy and is like, I would really love to hear when they go home and show their pictures <laughs> to their family and stuff. Anyway, that's the that's the best uh, Queen Elizabeth story I've heard in the last uh, little bit. <laughs> Do we know about these people? What happened when they showed no, the pictures? No, we yeah, don't that know. Part, damn. <laughs> Yeah, we don't know. Uh, thanks, we don't Siri. Know. Thank you. Thank you for the update. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What the hell's wrong with your Siri? I, I don't, it's the one on my watch. I don't know. Anyway, the, the, the one other story. Uh, one yep. other story I'll tell uh, that has been in the news since she died um, was apparently um, a couple decades ago, uh, the king of Saudi Arabia was there for an official state visit. And she, you know, at one point she's like, would you like, you know, a tour of the grounds or wherever, wherever they were? I forget where they were. Um, and of course the king is like, yes, of course, I'll, I'll happy to have the tour or whatever. And it's going to be a tour in a car. The, the, the Saudi king or whatever gets in the car and is told mm-hmm. to get in the front passenger seat. And, uh, you know, is expecting to be driven around by somebody for a tour. The queen gets in the driver's seat. (laughs) And if you remember, until very recently, women were not allowed to drive in Saudi Arabia at all. Oh, right. So she gets in the driver's seat. She's going to drive him around herself to show her, show him around. (laughs) And not only does she drive him around, she drives him around. Like high speed, <laughs> twisting around corners and stuff. <laughs> and he, and apparently he's like, first, first of all, he's, there's a woman driving. <laughs> it's the queen driving. Right. So it's not like he could say anything. <laughs> and she is driving like a mad woman around the <laughs> estate. I love it. <laughs> and, and he apparently is like grabbing on to the little handles in the car going, please, please slow down. 
and because she's also talking to him, telling him around. Oh, look, like, look, there's yeah. uh, you see, that's that's the you know that's where I uh, you know that's where I picked those seeds like a couple of years ago, and I planted that tree. You should go check it out. It's a beautiful tree. Yeah, uh, and, and, and he's like, please pay attention to your driving. Please slow down. Anyway, I, those those are the two funniest stories I've heard in the last couple. Of days. Well, well, I didn't have any such stories with the queen, unfortunately. No, no. Okay. Uh, we spent right, a long so, time on that. Uh, Bernie Shaw. Okay, Bernie Shaw. So I thought we were, we were going to spend more time on him than the Queen, but, you know, look at that. Uh, well, of course, that was my awful... I, I started making a prediction. Ah, we're not going to talk about th- them that much. Uh, oh, boy. I'm always wrong about that. Well, uh, so, you know, Bernie Shaw retired. I mean, it's crazy a long to think about this. It's like 20 years ago that he retired. For uh, anybody who doesn't know, he was one of the original anchors on CNN when the thing first launched. I, and of course, when Gulf War One happened, he was one of the people uh, heavily in involved in, in Baghdad while that was going on. He was the face of CNN for a long, he was long time. The face of CNN for a long time. And, um, you know, he had, he was, uh, he was old school. Okay. As a reporter, I mean, you know, he was a reporter as what you and I got taught reporters were supposed to be, you know, uh, trying to report the news, you know, as, as objectively as possible and that you should have a little or as little or no idea of what their own personal opinions were related to the stories. Okay. Yeah. It, that was his, that was his mantra. That was his culture. Uh, and that was what CNN was when he was there. Uh, there, it, you know, and as we talk about the changes that have been going on at CNN recently, a couple of people leaving basically has been the thing. A couple of some of the more visible uh, uh, and vociferous people at um, at CNN. Yeah, I, I pulled up an old interview from him that I remember uh, that where he uh, where he talked about this. Uh, this was back in around 2008, um, and he was talking about you know during the you know between 2000 and until whenever Lou Dobbs left that um, you're talking about the changes in the news business. And, you know, he said, this was an, an, for whatever reason, the two interviews that I found from him were both happened as he was a guest on wait, wait, don't tell me on NPR. Okay. I found almost no others where anybody asked him some real questions about his career afterwards. Uh, And, he asked them, they asked him a question about, uh, about, um, you, you know, what he thought about the changes in the last, dec- in the news. And he says, well, here I go working the plank of controversy. The tack that my favorite network has taken raises my blood pressure. I don't like it. Lou, and he's referring to Lou Dobbs specifically, mm-hmm. who decided to not cover news anymore in business, but basically all of a sudden during the early to, you know, 2000, uh, was just ranting about his 
crazy opinions, okay, on TV. And his show that was a business show turned into his hour of opinions. Uh, So he said, Lou and I were both fellow Marines and we're friends. I don't like it at all. As a journalist, you, the listener, you, the reader, the viewer, need not be concerned about Bernard Shaw's personal opinions. My personal opinions ought not mean a damn if I'm going to do my job correctly. Consumers of news are not being served well or properly. One of the reasons why I am glad to be gone. I don't miss it. And, you know, look, I am one that has said that the first decade, you know, or so of CNN, probably the first 12, 13 years, you know, it was straight up. Let me give you, let me give you information where we're getting it from. Boom, boom, boom. It, it was, it was, it was just, uh, it, it was a pipeline, a gusher of information from all its news bureaus for the most part. Very little in terms of opinion shows or whatever, and, or entertainment for that matter. After the Gulf War, the first Gulf War, and the ratings went down, they freaked out over there. And they started putting uh, all these shows and all this shit that was fluff and fluff and more fluff and more opinion and more and more and more. I I always remember the day that you called me. Oh, yeah. Because... This stupid style show had been added. House of style. (laughs) Instead of like the international international hour. hour. (laughs) Yes. I every day at 10 a.m. Turned on the TV to go watch the international hour. And I fucking tuned into CNN and they had Christy Brinkley's house of style. I fucking wanted to throw my TV out the goddamn window. (laughs) And, but that's been the direction of TV news the last 20, 30 years, for the most part. Newspapers were still, you know, more straight up. But one of the things that's happened with newspapers is that, you know, the the number of them and their influence has definitely decreased. Um, you know, now in recent times, some of the more prominent ones like New York Times and others have have. Uh, restrengthened and been able to do more uh, as they have figured out a way through the digital uh, medium. Uh, but but it, there was a lot of reduction in terms of news coverage. But but there was also, I, I think the main thing is what Bernie, Bernie Shaw hit on. It was a change in the culture of what the hell a reporter was supposed to do. You know, one of the things is, as much as I like John Hardwood at CNN, was that he didn't live to what Bernie Shaw lived to. And I knew what his opinions were. And, you know, look, you know, I, 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 I and, so, and, and with a lot of others, I'm going to, I'm going to disagree a little bit. Um, you know, I, I actually feel like the, the, the view of complete impartiality is sort of, it's an but illusion. Nobody is, but nobody no, is completely impartial. No, no, but so it's, I, I, guess I feel that. like it's actually helpful to know where they're coming from to some degree. But here's the thing more to the point. The what has gotten burned in in all of these. And th- this is this is in the news shows, not just the opinion shows that and especially what CNN is doing right now, because apparently they've got the directive on high to start being more friendly to Republicans, okay? 
but the thing that is is a continuous problem across a lot of major media um, is what is what they call the both both sides mindset, the both siderism. Okay, where they feel like their job is to be impartial, so they have to say this side says X and this side says Y. You decide. Whereas for certain things, you know, the job is tell us what's actually true. Like do some investigation, figure out the result. Like, and so for instance, you know, we've had decades and decades where it was like, you know, for instance, on global warming, where there is a scientific consensus, but yet they felt like coverage had to be 50, 50, like, tell us about the global world. I don't agree that that's the problem. No, 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 but look, no, no, but even now, yes, even now, the like thing what is no, there, wait, 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 st- stop sides there. No, 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 wait, there yeah. is one thing about reporting facts. And there's another thing about reporting what people's takes are on them. If the science, you know, you know, so what does that mean to be in news? Science says that there is global warming happening and there's a scientific consensus on it. Check. You can report that Democrats, you know, want to take action because they believe in it and Republicans don't believe in the science, but you report the fact that, hey, this yeah, is. No. I, I, okay? I agree. I agree with you there. But the problem it, is it, that what media has actually been doing is not that they they feel like they have to. And this is not I'm, I'm being I'm being general. And I know that then different outlets do it in diff, different ways. But there has been a general problem that in a lot of the sort of, quote unquote, most mainstream sources. Like even the New York Times and stuff sometimes like really has trouble. And they had lots and lots of trouble during the Trump administration because the when one side is continuously lying, it makes it really hard to seem balanced between the liars and the non-liars. And like what CNN is doing right now, their their new boss after their most recent buyouts and restructurings and blah, 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 has basically been given the mandate, you know, stop alienating Republicans and conservatives, be more fair. And the be more fair ends up being you have to treat both sides as if they are, you can't tell who's right. You can't tell who's wrong. Let them both talk. And then, you know, the, the listeners will make it up. It will figure it out or the, the viewers. Um, whereas I think in a lot of these areas, the I, I, one, one analogy I've heard all the time is that, you know, if, if, if one party, if one person comes on and says it's raining outside and the other person says it's sunny, your job is not to report what the two of them says. It's go look out the window, see what's happening and tell the people that. But you can report what the fact is, which, by the way, it's what used to happen more often than not. Okay, you can report what the fact is. Okay, and say, hey, it's sunny outside. Uh, Democrats are, you know, you know, you know, are yeah, they they believe it's sunny, but for some reason the Republicans are acting, you know, are 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 going on the on the assumption that despite the scientific consensus that it's sunny outside, they are denying it. And you know what? I mean, that's what's happening, okay, in, in a whole bunch of cases. And so it, you could go and report, well, 
you know, we've analyzed all the voter fraud cases and don't find and have not found any credible evidence to support voter fraud allegations. However, the Republicans still claim that the election was stolen. Yeah. And and, and certain and outlets I, and have done that, that that's the right way to do it. The the and and I think you and I are agreeing on that. Um, but what my worry is, I see lots of places that I I I gravitate to the places that do exactly what you just said. Yeah. But lots of places are not. No, I, I know. Not, and that's what's and that's the I think and that is the frustrating thing about this. And that's what drove Bernie Shaw crazy. OK, I, I think for the most part that that's not what they're doing, because you've got a reporter that is scoffing instead of like reporting what it is, is scoffing at what the Republican is saying. Listen, you could present it and present the absurdity out of it without showing your disdain and scoffing about it. Well, on TV. It, and see, I, like, I, I actually don't mind the disdain and scoffing if somebody is actually saying something that's foolish or wrong. But what I what I worry about more that I'm seeing a lot of, and, and the recent turn at CNN is towards this, is don't actually do the fact check at all. Just tell what the two sides say and move on. Well, that's not that that's not newsy. That that's another turn either. That's like turning into it's just a vapid vessel of nothingness. <laughs> yes. And I think that's a big problem but, right now. I but, would but much look, rather have the person who... I think that that for a lot, CNN had been a vapid vessel of nothingness for a long time. I mean, there are all these damn d- news channels. Like, you all know, I... <laughs> I mean, they suck. I mean, I stopped watching CNBC precisely because of this shit. Okay? You know, I had some guy... Every morning, I'm I'm waiting to find out what the facts is, and every time that some news story came out, he would like just say how he thought Obama sucked, and how what he was doing was stupid, and I just got fed up with watching that shit. Okay, yeah, I mean, look, and, I, and, and honestly, on the opposite, it also I, I found it annoying. You know, I, I still watch a lot of MSNBC and I know it could be, you know, oh, okay, they're just feeding you what you want to hear, blah, blah, blah. And and so that's why you like it. But I sort of look at, like, I even before CNN's latest turn, I was having more and more trouble watching CNN simply because they would have people on who were clearly lying and they wouldn't always call them out on it. And then they would have them on again and again and again. Where well, they've been it's doing like, that for years where they had I, I know, these oh, I know, I know, like Santorums and all these I know, other I know, I know that. And, and, and like the way I look at it is like, you know, if they, if they have a record of coming on your air and saying things that are provably false, stop having them on. And, and, you know, it didn't seem, yeah, I don't know. And, and so like, yes, like the people on MSNBC clearly have an opinion. Like there's no question about it. Um, but I've, I, I, I take that opinion into account when I'm watching it, but I'd much rather have them clearly have that opinion than just be like, well, we have to have a Republican and a Democrat talk about every single thing, even if one of them is lying to us. And I, and I, and, but, but that's the thing. I, I just don't see the need for bringing the Republican and the Democrat to talk about anything on the fucking news channel. 
Like have I mean, neither of them. Neither of them. <laughs> just I just have, find it just have some professor or somebody instead. Right. I really find that th- th- that is one of the things that just drives me the most crazy about all these fucking programs. I just hate that shit. Because they're, they're, they're what they're structured for, like especially, and I, I find this. Yeah, this is less so on MSNBC, less so on Fox, frankly, because both of them are highly opinionated. But CNN's model for a long time was get someone on from side A, get someone on from side B, and have them fight. And the the fight will be crossfire. Yeah, crossfire. But now yeah. everything's crossfire. Now everything's exactly. Yep. And I think the changes that CNN has been making just in the last few weeks are making it even worse than it was before. Oh, perfect. <laughs> it's great. So awesome. like, and, and frankly, like this whole notion of like, hey, CNN, be more friendly for Republicans and maybe listen, we can win, I, I win back some listen, of those Fox I, people. Here, here's, that's here's not going to happen. They're, listen, they're I gonna... know some people have said that that's the mandate. I, I really don't believe that that was the mandate. I will say this, that I'm pretty sure that the mandate was. Make more money? Yes, because because profits have been falling through the through the floor. So figure out how to fucking make this thing make more money. Because right now, you know, the cash flow from this from this damn thing is going down. Well, and the reason those tie together, and I I I, I tweeted a long thread on this from somebody who was sort of in the TV news biz in the past, um, was the, the, it all comes back down to advertising. Um, and the people who watch TV news at this point are older. To begin with. Yo, totally. Like, yeah. you know, you talk to a 20 something, they're not watching any of these networks. That's not oh, yeah. how they get their news. Yeah, no, all. absolutely. Not and, one and, of them. And, and they're not going to Washington Post or New York Times either for that matter. Um, but, but they're certainly not watching any of these well, t- TV no, news. I will tell you this. I guarantee you that those people read a lot more New York Times that they would ever fucking like turn one yeah, second yeah. of, of a, CNN. A, a, uh, well, a, a, a lot of it is completely other things. Like they're getting their news from TikTok and shit. But right. But but like they certainly aren't watching CNN, MSNBC, or Fox. Oh yeah, no, and, not, and not so, for one second. And so what they're looking for, if they want to get more ad dollars, they need to appeal to the old people who are still watching TV. Right. And the older the demographic gets, the more Republican it gets too. And so part of that is. You know, CNN trying to catch back some of the people who went to Fox and thought CNN was crazy. But frankly, I don't think that's going to work. The people who went over to Fox are not coming back to CNN, no matter what you do to them. What you're going to do is you're going to take some of the people who were okay with where CNN was, and you're going to send them over to MSNBC. This this seems to me like a CNN death spiral. This is not the way out of their financial Oh, I totally agree. I think this is a, this is definitely a CNN death spiral. I, I really don't see, you know, to me, like, uh, what's happening at CNN uh, is, is like <laughs> a much later happening of what the hell happened with like MTV and how they don't play music videos anymore. Hmm. I mean, you know, because that's what MTV used to be. I mean, it's the, what the fucking letters stood for. I'm going <laughs> to guess they don't stand for it right now anymore. But right now you go to MTV and there's no fucking music videos. We, and by the are, way, we are living up to our curmudgeonly name right now. Yes. <laughs> and, and But but here's the thing. M- music, the, the music video 
is alive and well. It's just not on MTV. Yeah. It's, it's like on, on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. And so, which to me is like baffling to me that MTV, you know, it's not that the medium went away for some damn reason or the news. Nobody wanted to consume the news anymore. These people just went off in a, oh, we're going to make more money doing this other thing and the other thing and whatever. We're going to be more, you know, new, you know, uh, news entertainment, like, you know, instead of actual news and stuff like this. And so I don't know. So they just went off in some other fucking direction that nothing to do with the original mission. And the one thing that I never understood about this with some of these channels is, you know, we've had a proliferation of channels, which originally what everybody thought was going to happen with TV was that you get lots of nice niche things. Yes. That, you know, if you've got some esoteric interest, don't worry, there's a channel for you. And that's not what's happened at all. What's happened is the total opposite. A whole bunch like of those disappeared. Even the fucking weather channel doesn't have the weather all the time on it anymore. They right. have fucking programs of some shit. Well, to, to be know, honest, like at this point in time, who's going to go watch a TV channel to get the weather when you've got well, apps and everything? But, you know, I, but I, yes. I, it, but, but, but my point is that, okay, but again, if you, you know, if you wanted to have, but why the hell then do you, I need them to show some fucking like 20 year old show on air disasters instead. Right. You could get rid of the channel. Right. <laughs> you say, sorry, I mean, if you're you... not going to do what the hell you did originally. Then, you know, I would think here's the one thing. Yes. I could look at my phone and get the weather, but I would think that if you had a weather channel, it's to discuss weather in depth. What's going on. What's the, tra- you know, what the hell shit that normally I just can't really get that easily from just looking at my weather app real quick. Okay. But that's not what they've done. Or hell, how Court TV failed. Mm, yep. I mean, you know, all of these channels that were supposed to be uh, a, a, a niche, a something or whatever, all of a sudden just became broad entertainment channels. And you can't differentiate one from the fucking other. Well, and, and this, this is why that, that model is sort of dying entirely as well. And, you know, we're in the streaming world. It's like you 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 have a show, you know. It's it, it doesn't have to fit into a channel or whatever. But even then, you've got these different streaming services doing whatever. But I, I think this is all sort of the weirdness of as the models change. But you still have there's a push towards the bland in in the places yes. that are the in the places that are all still in an older broadcast model. Um, like all the niche stuff is moving off into, like you said, YouTube or specific streaming channels or this or that, like all the stuff that's left on sort of the, the traditional cable model, uh, is, is just getting ironed out to be like pablum, um, and a low quality pablum usually as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you, you get even like, you know, discovery channel and a history channel and all those kinds oh, of things. Oh God. Yeah. You know, you don't have like real high quality science programming. You got like, did aliens build the pyramids and is Bigfoot real and shit like that? Well, I mean, it's not the, I mean those are not the worst things that they could be covering. Can I be well, th- th- they're, they do worse than that. Those were just examples. Well, yeah, you didn't, yeah, you didn't plumb the depths of the shit that they could produce. So, yeah. 
Yeah. So anyway, back, back, you know, wrapping up CNN, um, I, I think you're the, the traditional model of news, whether it's CNN or going back further, like Walter Cronkite or something is dead, 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 dead. Oh God, dead. It's so you dead. Know? And part of that was, I mean, back in the Walter Cronkite days, um, was that, you know, the networks did it as a public service. It was not expected to be a profit center. Correct. Right. Yep. And then uh, in the early CNN days, there was a very strict division between the money and advertising side and the news side. Mm-hmm. I saw someone commenting uh, after uh, Bernie Shaw's death um, on, it may have been the same person that uh, was giving the the financials of CPM and why you're driven to to appeal to old people and stuff. But he, he mentioned uh, Ted Turner. And one of the things that like dropped like a rock right after Ted Turner gave up CNN and it was bought by the bigger corporations and blah, 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 was that division between editorial and advertising uh, that had been a really strong wall became like tissue paper. Mm. And, and that the editorial was always being driven by what would bring up the ad numbers. Uh, Great. (laughs) And I think if, if the current mandate is make more money, then the end result of that is the, News quality will go down dramatically. Oh, well, just you and know, it'll yeah. it will go completely into the toilet. And guess what? They won't make more money either. Yeah, basically, they're they're just gonna destroy. You know, kill the goose that made the golden egg, or whatever that phrase says, right? Something like that. I can't. Okay, enough. Uh, let Let's take another break. Uh, <laughs> we we got two more things to try to rush through as fast as we can. Uh, back after this. No, no, it's not the beginning of the show again. We're just taking a little time to credit the artist responsible for the music we use at the beginning and end of the show. What you are listening to right now is The O of Pleasure by Ray Lynch. The music we close our show with is Celestial Soda Pop. Both of these songs are from Deep Breakfast. Now Platinum, Deep Breakfast was the first independently released album ever to be certified gold by the RIAA. Ray Lynch's other albums are The Sky of Mind. No Blue Thing Nothing Above My Shoulders But The Evening
and the best of Ray Lynch. You can check out Ray Lynch or buy his music at raylynch.com, iTunes, Amazon, or anywhere you usually find music. Okay, we are back, and so it's time to talk about Trump and Bannon. Uh, oh, God. Wh- why don't we do Bannon first? Because okay. Trump, you know, so I, they, they, yeah, it was nice to see him in handcuffs. Oh, he did. I, you know what? I didn't see that part. They did put him in handcuffs. They did put him in handcuffs. I and did he came... hear that he was like yelling and screaming something yeah, about. Yeah, he was, you know, they won't take, you know, they're, they won't stop me. They'll, you know, they, they'll have to kill me first, blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah. That was the part that I was like, I was like, oh, as he walks you know, out in handcuffs. You know, I mean, I, I he, guess he's out on, he's, he's out on bail or something, right? He's I'm going to assume he's out in yeah. bail. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's back on, you know, his podcast and everything else he does. So he's, you know, but you know, basically where we are is first of all, if you remember right, he's awaiting being sentenced for the contempt of Congress thing which could get him anywhere from a few months to a couple years in jail. This new thing is uh, basically an indictment for fraud that the feds were investigating him on this. This is this whole scam of like, the wall. you know, if, if the wall, we, we the, if, if, if the government isn't going to make a lot of progress on the wall, give us money and we'll build the wall. And, you know, they made all kinds of promises about how all the money was going straight to the wall, blah, blah, blah. Well, turns out all the money was going directly into their pockets. <laughs> yeah, they, oh. they, they, they built a couple of little crappy wall segments that, you know, had massive issues with them. Um, one was really short, so you could just walk around it. The other one, <laughs> it, it, was, it was like a quarter mile long or something like that. So That's anybody nice. could just walk around either side. No big deal. The other one was like three miles long, but apparently they built it right on the edge of the river and did not use the appropriate construction techniques. So like weeks after they built the damn thing, it was already starting to slide off into the river. Um, and basically, yeah, they, it was a complete scam. They were taking all the money for themselves. There's evidence that the various people involved in the scheme, including Bannon and others, were like buying yachts and houses and whatever, you know, all this kind of Sounds stuff. good. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, the feds were looking into this, but like, one of the last pardons that Trump did on his way out the door of the White House was Bannon. Mm. And so the Fed investigation was killed immediately because they 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 couldn't do Jack. However, unlike some other crimes, all of this kind of stuff was also illegal in New York. And a lot of it was happening in New York. And so <laughs> uh so New York immediately took up the case and they have now basically indicted him for the same damn thing the feds were going to indict him for. Uh, but the Fed, the Trump's pardon does nothing. And, um, and apparently they've just from what's been, I, I did not read the full indictment, but apparently from what's been reported, they completely have him dead to rights. They've got emails, they've got texts, they've got documents, they've got everything they could possibly have proving that from the very beginning 
you know, they were telling people that they were going to do one thing with the money, but they were actually just paying themselves. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Fantastic. So I don't know how long it it'll take. Great. Act, you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how long it'll actually take to come to trial and for it all to go through, but um, he, he, he is not in, th this is, he's in trouble. This is not going to be easy for him to get out of. I saw it's, a, it's such a shame. I saw all kinds of lawyers talking about this on TV and such, um, basically saying, <laughs> "I, you know, I, I, I'm a criminal defense lawyer. I have defended all kinds of white collar cases. I would not want to be this guy's lawyer because <laughs> they, they have got him so dead to rights. They've got every single thing they need." I'm trying to think about what defenses I would use and I got nothing, <laughs> you know, you know, and I, and I heard one of them say, well, maybe I could stretch to do this kind of thing, but it, it would be, I, I don't think it would work, <laughs> but maybe that's all I have to think. That's all I could try. Like, you know, so, uh, so yeah, Bannon. And, I mean, I'm, you know, here, here's the thing, right? Because look, it, 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 jail is not me wishing a uh, 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 death on him or pain in any right. way. It's more deprive him of you know, it's you know of, of of shit that he really wants, and I have no problem with that. Send him to the fucking jail. Yeah, it's. it's I'll looking... be very. I'll. I'm going to be so happy when I see this guy going to jail. It's going to be great. It's looking like it might actually happen. And even even if Trump gets reelected, he can't pardon him. He can't cause... pardon him. Yes. It's great. So I don't I mean, know what else there is to say about it. I mean, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy, I guess. Exactly. I will say one thing. A lot of people make fun of him for wearing multiple shirts. Just leave him the fuck alone. Like for that, like <laughs> there are so many things to worry about on this man. His fashion choices, forget that. Like, he can wear whatever the fuck he wants. About the multiple shirts. I don't understand it. I mean, it may, it may just make him feel more comfortable. I mean, you know. How the hell can wearing two shirts be more comfortable? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, my, you know, my son Alex wears multiple layers, even when it's hot. It makes him feel more comfortable. It's part of his thing, it's part of what he does. Whatever. Bannon has has a thing. He would like to wear multiple shirts. It does not matter. It's like, like this is one of those things where like I over and over I hear people like obsessing about his multiple shirts. And I'm like, I don't know. This man has done so much yeah. that is actually worth criticism. Shut up about the damn shirts. He likes to wear multiple shirts. Leave him the fuck alone. For that. Bother him <laughs> about all the other stuff. All right, we'll leave his shirts alone. Okay, yeah. okay. Okay, now Donald Trump. Uh, okay, so so go the Donald Trump thing. Yes. The bottom line is really come down more to today's filing, which is odd. Well, we've we've had multiple back and forths on the whole special master thing over right. the last week since we last talked. And I and I did not talk about it at all on last week's show. Uh uh, I don't know if you paid attention, Yvonne, but I'll, all I did was media reviews last week. Not no actual news. 
Well, so here, here's the, the here's the. So it's been two line. weeks since we talked I mean, about it. You know, we had the judge. I mean, we had the judge call for the, you know, you know, call for the special master. Uh, you know, using some reasoning that was lousy. Okay, all right. And the Justice Department decided to appeal it. The one thing that I always said about this was, I was just wondering what the direction. And I think that now I understand why uh, the Justice Department went on the appeal route. Uh, was because, look, you already saw, you know, Trump is already trying to play, you know, shenanigans with the stupid uh, special master uh, assignment. One of the fucking persons that he nominated for is completely unqualified. Okay. Right. And it's basically just the, 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 the you know, so, he so, is a lawyer. Let, let, wait, let, let, let me just have... fill in because you're, you're skipping all kinds of okay. steps. Okay. Go, go, go. Okay. Back. So, so going, going back, apologies. My, my chair is really noisy. I have to fix that at some point. Um, look, going, going back, uh, we had uh, Trump put in this lawsuit for the special master. It was badly formatted did not follow the rules did not address the right laws etc yep. etc the the justice department basically put in a briefing calling all that out putting out the the actual facts about the stuff and then the judge came in and was like you know special master anyway and people looking through her response her her ruling whatever we're like, she doesn't understand the law. She's not getting this right. She, there are all kinds of issues that uh, she doesn't understand. Uh, she basically told them to, you know, come back with. Well, by uh, the way, some- in large part, she did a lot of the fucking legal work for Trump. Yes. Like th- there are places where Trump did not actually ask for something. And then she's sort of like, well, what I think you should have asked for is this. Right. And so I'm going to grant you that. Um, and she made arguments that they didn't argue. She gave them things they didn't ask for. She clarified things that the Trump lawyers had confused. Uh, but even then, like the way that she did it, all all of the legal experts all over the place, including by the way, conservative legal experts, right? Stupid former attorney general Barr has been all over Fox news talking about how nonsensical this judge's rulings were. Right. And how insane what Trump is asking for is. Yeah. And like, Barr, Bob Barr. Yep. Bob, did I get the right bar? I, I think it's, yeah. Bill Barr, Bill, Bill. Or whatever, whatever, the bar guy. I always get that right. Uh, the guy I, no, that looks get like that the dog. The guy that looks like the Droopy dog. dog. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That anyway, guy. anyway, you know, even he is out there saying that this stuff is stupid. Um, the DOJ did say that they didn't actually submit the appeal yet. They asked the judge to separate out and basically say, look, if you want to do the special master stuff for the non-classified stuff, whatever. But we want to exclude the classified stuff because there is no possible actual... You know, Trump does not have an ownership interest on that in any right. way, shape, or form. Correct. It is a government document it is you know restricted and they're they're like we're not even going to like we're going to narrowly ask you about 100 classified documents all the other stuff even stuff that is potentially pre- presidential records and should belong uh you know in the archives whatever we can we can do the special master for that but the classified stuff no you can't right. do that 
And by the way, the way she had, the judge had done this thing where she'd said, well, you know, the investigation into what the national security damage was can continue, just not the criminal investigation. And DOJ came back and was like, you can't separate that. It's the same people doing it. Right. And the FBI is part of the national security infrastructure of the United States. CIA and NSA and all those folks, they can't do the domestic investigation. FBI has to do that. And FBI is who's doing the criminal investigation. You you just can't pull those streams apart that way. It's the same thing. So in fact, you have shut down the national security investigation as well as the criminal investigation because there's not a way to do this that separates it in the way that you specified. Um, and they they said, look, we ask you to please reconsider on the 100 classified documents. If you don't, then we will be appealing that to the circuit court. Um, and... In, in, and in the meantime, so the judge went back and said, "We, when you submit your requests for the special masters, please be cognizant of what DOJ has asked and address that. Um, and then on Friday evening, a, a couple hours before we started recording this show, um, the joint filing from DOJ and Trump's lawyers did go in. Uh, as you mentioned, they each submitted two potential special masters. There was no overlap. Like, I think what no. the judge had hoped is that somebody would show up on both lists and she could just and pick that agree. person. Right. That yeah. they would agree. Yeah, right. Like, that was going to happen. Come on. Um, but the other thing, and, and so they disagreed on that. And like you said, one of the two Trump choices is just completely no. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't have the right experience. They don't have the right clearances and they've got co potential conflicts. Cause like, I yeah. think I read their daughter-in-law or something is in the 11th circuit that yeah. they would be appealing to. Um, so one of those is out. Um, the other, th the other, the two from DOJ and one of the ones from the Trump team are apparently, okay. Reasonable ones that you could think yeah. might be okay. Yeah. Um, and obviously, the even the other one that Trump picked. I mean, the one that Trump, the the one that Trump picked. I actually, I actually spent like about half an hour trying to find to see if he had, uh, you know, anything that was published out there that was some kind of a Trump connection, and there there was nothing that I could find. Uh, okay, I, I I I looked. I I mean, I actually before the show, I actually <clears throat> I did some research. Oh, wow. I, I'm, I, I'm impressed. Okay, th Before, thank you. Because I looked up his name and I just spent, let me just Google and Google and look for this guy's bios, whatever. He was a Reagan appointee. Um, You know, he got put on the, on the, he was on the, he was uh, one of the judges on the FISA court that actually approved Carter Page's, uh, uh, the, the, the Carter Page uh, thing, the uh, investigation okay. into him. He approved that warrant. OK, so he was one of those and he was in the FISA court approved by, you know, put there by Roberts until uh, 2019 um, from is a seven year term. So from 2012 to 2019. So obviously he has the right security clearances because he was in the FISA court. Right. Um, and he had been a Reagan appointee. And as far as I can tell from everything I looked at was not a controversial judge in any way, shape or form, or nor could I find anything that, you know, had him and any 
relation with Trump that I could find. Uh, that I mean, you know, obviously, I'm not the FBI or anybody. You know, I can't do an investigation. But I tried to see if there was anything obvious out there that you could find. And okay. I couldn't find it. With the other guy, that guy, I mean, it's like. It's, it's like the first it, thing that comes up. If you I Google mean, it's it. like, give me a fucking break. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, the other thing besides the actual people they submitted, they were also asked to submit what they thought the appropriate scope should be. And this is where the, the DOJ's filing earlier in the week, where they asked the judge to narrowly exclude the classified documents. A lot of people were saying they were cleverly giving her a potential way out. Okay. Where she could continue with the special master thing, but take the classified documents out and let DOJ proceed with what they need to do with those. Um, the Trump lawyers apparently just completely and totally rejected that. They are they are sticking to the special master needs to review everything, including right. the classified documents, absolutely everything, not sort of the narrow slice of it that might be attorney-client privilege stuff. Uh, and and not even the slightly bigger bit that DOJ was willing to concede, they're like, no, they have to they have to see everything, including all the documents that are marked as classified, and they did not, they they have yet to anywhere in any legal thing make the actual claim about Trump declassifying anything, but what they said is you can't assume just because something is marked as classified that it actually still is. Yeah, uh, that and that—that's their argument, right? Yeah, that that, that 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 the government can't determine what the fuck is classified and not, which I find is an absurd argument. Also, I mean, it's just ridiculous. And they're and they're I, still I, making the argument just generally that all of these documents are the, that, are not classified because well, not, not only that, well, they they haven't explicitly made that, but they are still trying to exert like some sort of thing that these are Trump's documents and that he has some sort of say or right in them where the bottom line is whether they're the classified documents or the unclassified documents, either way, they don't belong to Donald Trump and he did not have the right to take them. Right now. Um, and so, there, but, the, but, but, but okay. by not because the Trump folks did not back down at all on this. Um, now the, now the judge has to actually make a call again. And uh, DOJ gave, actually gave her a time limit. They said, if you do not slice out the classified parts of this by such and such a date, I forget when it is, sometime next week, then we will then we will initiate the appeal. Right. But they're they've telegraphed that they are appealing very narrowly on just the 100 or so classified documents, not the 10,000 or so other documents. They're like, do whatever, you know, whatever. We we care about those documents too. We would like to have them. But the ones that are absolutely critical for our investigation are these. And we need those excluded. We need to be able to continue on that. And if you don't let us, we will appeal. And, you know, and I saw so many people commenting that DOJ's submission on that, that DOJ's submission on that was masterful because it went through and really stepped through all the law, all the precedents, described everything, and basically 
basically ex- explained to this judge all the places where she didn't know what the fuck she was talking about, uh, but did it nicely and politely, and we're basically giving her an out if she chooses to take it, but it's unclear whether or not she will. I mean, by the time we do our next show, we'll probably know. Okay. Well, well, one thing, by the way, about the review is that even like uh, the Trump position is that uh, the review should take about 90 days. So yeah. whatever delay is in now, the- now, D- DOJ thinks it should take a lot less than that. Yes. I, but, I, I but think DOJ like said 10 position. days. Trump said 90. So. Well, the one thing, you know, they I, I didn't see the position of DOJ. And so they had one area of sub, substantive agreement was like that the, the judicial review was 10 days. And I'm, I'm assuming that that's the review of the documents that they they submitted, not the special master review. Uh, but what I'm saying is even at the worst case. That she, so they're they're actually saying that she needs to have an order in 10 days. OK, is what I understood by that. And I'm not. Mm. A, but what, I, what I'm reading by it is that both sides agree that the judicial review, that it says here that it could be, it, it, it was uh, areas of substantive agreement, okay? The first thing that they, the, the two things that they agreed on was, one, reporting and judicial review, which I understood is her review. The parties agree on reducing the default 21-day review period in Civil Rule 53 F2 to 10 days, okay? So that makes it a lot shorter. And the second one was... Uh, the parties agreed that the special master will request the assistance of additional professionals, support staff, or expert consultants from the party, from the parties, and ultimately this court. Those are the only thing, the two things that they agree, they agreed. Right. <laughs> the rest was they couldn't agree on who should review what. Uh, you know the 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 you know they uh, the the damn Trumpers want to review executive privilege, you know, and other stuff or whatever. But you know. You know, Trump, which, which, by the way, one of the things the DOJ pointed out is how completely nonsense the government that is. sets the government <laughs> sets a deadline of October 17th with which to complete the review process. That's that's the fe- that that's the DOJ. But the plaintiff suggests 90 days. So right. in the end, you know, worst case, we're talking. Well, and, pa- and part of that, they explained, is the difference in scope, because. Trump thinks they should review a lot more than DOJ Correct. thinks they should review. Exactly. And I, and I just want to say on the executive privilege again, the, the whole thing is ridiculous because the privilege belongs to Biden, not to Trump. Not Trump. Because Trump is no longer president. And even if there was executive privilege here, executive privilege prevents documents from moving from the executive branch to Congress or the judiciary but this is an ex- a document moving from one part of the executive to the other. Right. And so it doesn't even apply at all. And DOJ explained this over and over and over again, but the judge isn't buying it, or at least hasn't so far. Um, so I, we'll see. I mean, By like, wait, look, I, I know that, it, you know, they went on the qualifications about the judge, which I sh- think they picked. And obviously, you know, she, she was definitely very young judge with very little experience but she had i mean she wasn't like so i i i at first when i read it it sounded like it was somebody that wasn't even like freaking real lawyer for any time but this person was an attorney that worked at doj for at least 12 years so they actually should know the fucking law Okay, <laughs> they right. have they have less experience than is usually considered what you want in a federal judge, but they don't have zero. 
Yes. They don't have zero. They're not just some moron that walked it off the uh, uh, off the street and like doing this. Yeah. No. So. Yeah, and so and so that brings up one of the questions: Is you know, does she know she's wrong and is doing it on purpose, or does she really was she really ignorant of some of these things, or does she really just not care? Like you know about the various precedents and the ways this have worked before and what was the law intended to do, uh, etc. Because one of the realities that we're in at this point with as many Trump appointed judges that we have at all levels, at all, at all levels, is that even if something has been considered absolutely ridiculous and untenable and not what is supposed to happen for decades. That does not mean that you might not get these things approved all the way up to SCOTUS. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like she could say, oh, yes, executive privilege does apply to an ex-president trying to protect thing, their materials from the current president. Yeah. I don't care what any courts have said before. And the 11th Circuit might agree. And the next level might agree. And when you get to SCOTUS, SCOTUS might agree. We are just in a new world where you cannot assume that because the law has been interpreted a certain way for the last 50 years, in the case of Roe and Dobbs, that it's going to continue to be interpreted that way. And that applies to all this stuff, too. So you have all these legal experts, like I said, in, including Barr tearing out their hair about how bad this decision is, that does not mean that they will necessarily win on appeal. That's right. That's right. You know, so they are taking a risk by doing the appeal, but they they feel the precedent is important enough that they have to. Um and, you know, if they lose on this, you know, there is the question of do they have enough without this to still do something? Um, there's also the question of timing. Like you said, you know, Trump wants 90 days. DOJ wants less. Um, there's the whole question of if you're going to have indictments out of this, do you do anything before the election? Um, my feeling, like a lot of people are like, well, that doesn't apply to Trump because he's not running for anything this year. But a lot of people are saying, well, you know, DOJ is going to be conservative on that anyway. And, you know, they're, they're not going to drop a Trump indictment in October, you know, no, no. Uh, you know, or, or September, you know, they're not doing it this week. They're not doing it next month. You know, if something like that is going to happen, it's going to happen after the election anyway, even even if we didn't have any of these shenanigans and delays and stuff, I mean, Trump's big game with the law, his entire fucking career is delay, 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 do whatever you can to just stretch it out. And of course he's doing that now too. But even if you didn't have that, there's, they're still not going to like, they're not going to drop that indictment before the election. I'm sorry. Like I, I if, 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 but if they do, you know, I will, Admit I was wrong and be shocked and pleasantly surprised, but I will be shocked. You know, I continue to think if any if anything's actually coming out of any of these investigations, the document one or the January 6th ones or anything else, we're talking next year, early next year, maybe. At this point, things look like they're moving along pretty fast, but we're, we're not going to see that like certainly not before the election, probably not before the end of the year. Yeah, at least that's how I feel. I I feel the same way. I I agree. Okay, so okay, 
Well, so I, 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 anything else on Trump? Oh, fuck Trump. <laughs> Is that good enough? Okay. Uh, so let's take our last quick break and then we'll talk really quick, quote, 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 unquote, really quick about Ukraine and then wrap it up. Uh, back after this. Alex and the West. Bang Alex and Dad. Gaming videos and more from Alex. Elementary school fight day. YouTube by night. AlexMZilla.com. AlexMZilla is A L E X M X E L A. And dot com is period and then C O M. And we're back. So Ukraine, I guess the the bottom line is that people have been anticipating and the Ukrainians have been telegraphing for at least a month that they were gearing up for an offensive in the east and south. And apparently it actually started earlier this week. And they're making lots of progress. And the Russians are just falling back and retreating. And I saw something... The latest I saw earlier tonight by, you know, some one of the, you know, people, you know, journalists following this is to put in context what is happening in Ukraine right now. This is from Oz Katterjee, um on Twitter, who's a British Lebanese freelance reporter uh, who's been covering Ukraine as well as other things to put into context what is happening in Ukraine right now. Every analyst I know is in a state of disbelief at just how quickly Ukraine is advancing. They keep saying there's no way they've made that much progress, only to see visual confirmation of that progress hours later. Um, and so both in the South and the East, they've been they've been pushing forward I've been really on quickly. Fucking mute, damn it. Yeah, well, I, I was trying to say one thing that was important, but of course yeah. I'm on fucking mute. Because got, got, well, no, you are no longer mute. on mute, Mr. Bo. Yes, I am now no longer on mute. One thing is that they had been telegraphing more like an offensive more in the south, more mm, than in the yeah. north. And what uh, uh, I was reading today was that um, that that they went and um, they saw that... Uh, the Russians had been moving troops south because they heard all this about the south and that they caught them off guard in the north. Okay. Mm. Because they had, because they had moved, you know, the, the, you know, this is from the New York times. They said the new offensive in the north appears to have caught the Russians forces off guard on Friday's defense ministry said on telegram that it was moving troops to reinforce the Kharkiv region without specifying their numbers or specific locations. And so it seemed that they, they kept hearing about, South, 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 south. And they had kind of like let their guard down in the north and reduced some troops over there. And and the Ukrainians apparently noticed or probably got intelligence from somebody also telling them. From hey, somebody. Yeah, yeah, I don't know who. It said, guys, you know what? These idiots are leaving the north, you know, unprotected. Fucking go and take it. Okay. And so they have. And all of a sudden, you know, the Russians find themselves in a get a pickle. Yeah. I've seen reports of, you know, the Russians having to pull back, you know, extreme distances. I've seen reports of certain Russian areas being encircled at this point. Yep. Um, you know, and, 
and, and you know, I've, I've seen people start to talk about not just the Ukrainians taking back some of the territory that happened this year uh, since the invasion in, well, it was February, right? I'm losing my mind at this point, remembering. Yeah, I think, yes. It, not just taking back stuff from February, but taking back stuff from years earlier, like like actually getting back Crimea. Like, yeah. we're a long way from that right now, but the the Ukrainians have the initiative right now. And, you know, as, you know, I don't think it's quite played out as quickly as you thought, Yvonne, but the the general things that you've been saying about the Russians being able to keep up with resupply, both of equipment and of people, mm-hmm. uh, it, it has been true. They're, they're having trouble with that. They're having trouble, you know, they're running out of stuff. They're running out they of people. Have been, they have been buying munitions from the North Koreans. Yes. Okay. You want to talk about how desperate you got to be if that's where you're tap if that's where you're tapping supplies? Woof. You got problems. Now, I'm not expecting really high quality munitions and supplies from North Korea. I don't know. Yeah. And, and and you know every few minutes I I see another one. I don't know all these cities, but like, you know, 30 seconds ago I just saw a tweet from one of the open source intelligence people that I follow, you know, Local source backed up by video. Ukrainian forces entered such and such city. I can't pronounce last night. This critical city, key city, whatever, and is now in Ukrainian control. It seems like every couple hours is another one of these notices about some additional town being in control and and, and this kind of stuff. Now, that does not mean that the Russians aren't going to be able to push back in some way. You know, these things move back and forth, but certainly for the last few days or a week, it seems like the Ukrainians have just been pushing right past Russian defenses and taking back territory. One of the other problems that they're they're having right now, we're talking about resupply, like trying to to push back, is that, look, the Ukrainians have also been, what this push that they're doing may well cut off a lot of the supply lines for a lot of those other troops because they're yep. trying to supply for such long distances to to these troops. And if they're able to do that, then it 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 makes it yeah you know, it, it makes it incredibly difficult to push back. You know, if they can't get resupplies, if they're cut off. So uh it, it's you know Yes, it, it has taken somewhat longer that, that, than I expected. I, I did expect, you know, because my, my call was for the Russians to basically, you know. I think you said they'd collapse in 90 days or something like that. They they basically like, they, they stopped pushing, but they didn't collapse yet. But now it's like what's happening right now with this push is like, it's looking like they're collapsing. Okay. Now we don't know that for sure. Right, but, but and this is how I expected it to look at the moment they got pushed. Hey, back. It, it, the, the the Russians could strategically be making it look like this way in order to enable a trap. Yeah, maybe, sure, um, possibly. I mean, I, 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 but, but I don't think so. I, I think they, they got, they, they got caught. You know, they're they're on their heels, and you now because, quite frankly, they're running long, exhausted, pounded, repeatedly pounded, very far from home, 
and, and meanwhile, the Ukrainians are still getting billions of dollars of supplies being poured in by the West. Exactly. And they're having to buy North Korean shells. And, and, and also, like, apparently the Ukrainians are still able to fairly easily recruit from within uh, more people to come to the front. Because, again, they're defending their own damn country. Yep. Whereas they, the the Russians are having to dig deeper and deeper in, you know, in, in terms of where they're pulling people from. Here's and how the other thing. You know, uh, you know, Putin is doing the same um, mistake that um, Hitler was seen doing in World War II, which was he's not doing a total mobilization. He it, Moscow is like trying to act like the war doesn't exist. You mm. know, there's no need for a draft. Everything is fine. Everything over here keeps going like nothing is happening, which was what what Hitler did. And, you know, what that did was that, you know, many times like in World War Two, when uh supplies weren't being able to get to the front line because there were like passenger trains and shit like that going on that were blocking the war effort. They weren't fully committed to a war effort. Whereas Ukraine is a hundred percent, you know, 200% into a full war effort. Everything in Ukraine right now is being directed at defeating these people. Whereas, you know, Putin is acting like it's just, it's just something over there and we can manage it and it's no problem and whatever, whatnot. And tell people back home that everything's fine. And they're, you know, dancing in Moscow. Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was a news article this week in the New York times about that. And they they were showing people having like uh, some kind of military Olympics and like bands from dictatorships around the world visiting Trump. I mean, Trump, whatever. Well, (laughs) we could, I'm sure he would love to be there visiting, you know, Moscow and, you know, serenading Moscow, Muscovites, Muscovites. Yeah. That's Muscovites with like, you know, military songs fucking ridiculous (laughs) so anyway yeah yeah so anyway i don't i don't know what else there is to say um i'm not an expert in the detailed military back and forth that's happening but it certainly it certainly looks like we've entered a new phase again like we you know we had the initial russian invasion then we had the ukrainians push them back in the west of the country west and north of the country away from kiev or Kiev, away from Kiev. Uh, and then we had sort of this stalemate going on for several months here where there was lots of combat going on, but the lines weren't really moving all that much. People were comparing it to World War One, and, you know, lots of people dying, but not much progress by either side. Right. And then now all of a sudden the Ukrainians are making lots of progress. Yep. Yep. So. Yep. Yep. We'll see. Okay. All right. Is that it, Yvonne? Is that it? We're out. Yeah. Okay. So time for the stuff at the end. Uh, The stuff. You you, want to say it? You want to say stuff? No, you say stuff. Okay. You can go to our website, www. You don't need a www. It's curmudgeons-corner.com. You can 
Find out all the ways to contact us. Email, Facebook, Twitter, blah, 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 blah. Uh, contact us. Tell us you love us. Tell us you hate us. Give us suggestions, whatever. We would love to hear from you. Um, uh, you can, and you'll see our archives there all the way back to the beginning of the show. Um, and you'll also find a link to our Patreon, uh, where you can give us a little money at various levels. We'll send you a postcard. We'll mention you on the show. We'll send you a mug, all of that kind of stuff. But most importantly for $2 a month or more, or if you just contact us in any of those other ways and ask nicely, we will invite you to our Comudgeons Corner Slack where Yvonne and I and several other people um, are chatting about the news, exchanging links, talking about other stuff like car, like Yvonne's flat tire um, you know, throughout yeah. the whole week. It would be tons of fun to have more of you there. So please, you know, and, and more banging on the table. I, I, I need to fix that. Um, oh, banging on the table is important. Yeah, and and like you know whatever. Anyway, uh, we would love to have more of you there. So please donate to our Patreon or just ask and uh, join the conversation. Uh, so Yvonne, on our Comudgeons Corner Slack, since we're already over the two hour mark here, um, name one cool story that we talked about on the Comudgeons Corner Slack that we have not mentioned on the show. Um. Uh... Somebody with my family's last name uh, pleaded guilty in a bribery scandal in Puerto Rico. Okay. Oh, nice. And it was front, nice. front page news. Now, uh, just your, is it just your family's last name or actually related to you? Okay. I, I, I went and I actually, because our family name is not very common. I made some calls. Okay. Because, uh, to find out because this guy also was called Jose Bo and Jose Bo. I have an uncle that's Jose Bo, but you know, uh, but that's, I, I mean, but, but I, but it's not your picture. Uncle. I saw, I looked at the picture. It's not him. Plus he's not okay. Jose Bo Santiago, which is his second last name. So I called my aunt in Puerto Rico and I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Okay. And she said, listen, believe me, we've been the same thing. And I started calling around the family and I called out through the family tree and Nobody knows who this guy is. So my our only uh 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 you know guess is that uh he must be because I did do uh, doing some more of my research. I did do a Google search on the guy and he seemed to have lived in Miami for some time. Now there was a Cuban Bo family, okay, mm. uh, as well. Um and I'm guessing that he may have been from that Cuban you know, uh, a group and he must have moved to Puerto Rico. Uh, the one thing that I found a little bit eerie, uh, was that, uh, the, the, the bribe was using a Rolex watch, uh, to the, to the mayor. Okay. Now what, what did he no, get no, no, in no, exchange wait, wait. for this watch? Uh, some construction, some contracts, millions okay. of dollars worth of contracts, but, but he gifted him as a bribe, my exact same watch which I thought was just too weird. Nice. Uh, yeah, that was just a little, I'm like, what? That's the bribe? I'm like, uh, okay. Apparently there must have been some other bribes, but that's the one that they got him that to write on. Okay. Millions of dollars of contracts in exchange for the watch. Yes. Um, and it's yeah. not a bad exchange, I guess. 
uh, the the watch because in, until you go to I jail. Well, yeah, I mean it's a slightly different version of it, but you know, and I bought mine before the prices went crazy. But apparently, the because they've been in short. I, I've talked about this that there's a Rolex shortage. I did not yes. pay this. the The watch he paid thirty three thousand for it. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, uh, they have the receipts, but, uh, yeah, he got, uh, I mean, he had about, um, three and a half million in contracts from the, from the government, from the, from the, so, so he's going to jail. That mayor has also already been indicted going to jail. We had our ex-governor in Puerto Rico indicted as well on bribery charges. Um, Excellent. That's great. It's going great. It's going great back in Puerto Rico. It's going fantastic. So th- this is all going on your application for statehood, right? <laughs> yes. Jesus Christ. You, did, you, you, oh, you'll give it. You'll give Illinois a run for their money. Oh my God, Jesus! We make Illinois look clean. Good God. <laughs> I mean, man, it's unreal. So okay. Ah, yes. Okay, we're done. Hey, thanks everybody for tuning in to yet another Curmudgeon's Corner. Uh, we look forward to talking to you again next week. In the meantime, tell your friends that they should listen to if you think they'd like it. If you think they'd hate it, maybe not. But, you know, whatever. Tell your friends. Maybe they, uh, listen, have them give us a, one of these awful reviews. Tell them to rip us to shreds. I, there I mean, there you I go. Mean, I mean, make me laugh to read one. Okay, yeah. fine. Just tell all your friends about us. Have them listen whether you think they'd like it or not. There you go. Yeah. That That's the way to get your friends to really appreciate your advice is to send them to listen to things you know they'll hate. Yeah. Yes. Oh, well. Hey, again, everybody have a great week. Be safe. All that kind of stuff. Uh, and uh, we'll be here again next week. Talk to you then. Goodbye. Bye-bye.